There is something that's called La Fofole. Supposedly, these are children that died through some horrific accident to where they're demon-like children, and they appear in the shape of lights that try to get you to follow them so you'll be lost forever in the swamps. Yeah, when you hear, like, scraping claws underneath the bed and it moves and... Uh... You can, I was so terrified, dude. I pulled the blanket over my head. I could hear whatever it was breathing outside the sheet. When I was a little bit after there, we got into a car accident, hit a moose. My mom ended up under the steering wheel of the car. She had a big hand-shaped bruise on her shoulder. It was like somebody pushed her underneath the steering wheel. My mom should have gotten decapitated. The weird part was we hit a moose and we had a moose hanging from the rear view mirror. The only other thing that I could think of would be a bear, but there's no bears in that area either. It's just not the right habitat for them. And when you see that a bear, a bear's gonna move. It's gonna take off for the most part. And this thing just shot and did nothing. This material world that you're told is bound by science and everything else, obviously, obviously science and physics are very important. There is so much more out there that is left to study, that is left to learn about. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Investigation Cryptoparology. Sit back, get relaxed, and crack open your favorite cold beverage as we dive deep into the abyss of what we were told couldn't possibly exist. Folks, check out Polky's Acrylic Art LLC out of Shriver, Louisiana. Mr. Polky is an interpretationist painter, meaning whatever you would want him to paint, it would be done per his interpretation of the piece. His work speaks for itself, and you can see examples of his work on our website at www.investigation-cryptoparaology.com Just tap or click on the Sponsors tab. If you would like to get in touch with Mr. Polky, you may do so by either emailing him at tpolky at yahoo.com That's T-P-O-L-K-E-Y at yahoo.com or by call or text at 1-985-227-3037 And if no one answers, just leave a voicemail or send a text. Prices depend on size and depth of piece. Welcome to Investigation Cryptopharology. Tonight we're going to talk to Mike J. from Texas about uh, some things that go on when you've got you know ex- bad PTSD and you're put on antidepressants and then you're taken off of antidepressants. You know the things that happen when the doctors, well, think they know better than you did. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good and yourself, man. I'm I'm here. That's about as far as I can get go with that. I hear you on that. <laughs> so, um, what happened? You were on you were on antidepressants and and, uh, and that sort of thing for PTSD, and then the doctors just decided, you know, you didn't need to be on that, or was it too high of a dose or too low of a dose? So what had happened there was uh, initially I didn't even know I was going on a antidepressant. I had gone in to get something to help me to sleep because I, you know, suffer from, uh, you know, like a sleep paralysis. I also deal with, uh, 
you know, just insomnia in general and um, what do they call it? Uh, sleep terror, I think is how it's said. I can't remember exactly on that one, but, you know, I started off like that and then uh, we found out that it was um, having a better effect on on some of the the, the depression and whatnot and uh, as I was on them they kept wanting me to increase and increase and increase every time it would stop working and then um, you know I come to find out that it's doing damage to you know to my body to my kidneys and shit like that and uh, at that point we were we were at a point where I, or I was thinking in my head I was like these things are non-addictive what they told me and I said well you know what let's get off of them and the doctor was like okay well they're not addictive it's not a big deal let's get you off of them so I jump off of them and within I want to say about four or five days I was just out of my mind uh some really bad anxiety attacks and something that i've never really suffered from prior to that um you know and i'm going and thinking to myself well what the fuck is going on here so i've you know i reach out to one of my nurse buddies and she tells me you know you can't be just jumping off of the medication you've got a you got to taper off which i didn't even think about because here I am thinking it's just a sleeping pill none and then I get the uh the whole uh I guess the explanation of the medication that it's uh that it's a tranquilizer that's actually used for depression and and so on and so forth and that it it's I guess basically physically changing my my body chemistry and that's what's making my mood better and the mood swings or you know stuff like that so um so i go back on them and i actually get time to get down to the va psychiatrist and the doctor says oh well now you're having anxiety attacks well here here's another pill we're going to get you off what you're taking and we're going to give you this pill for the anxiety attacks and um this pill to help you sleep and you know what you got to do is you just gotta take your take your new medication tomorrow don't even take your old medication so i i went from trying to come off cold turkey to essentially coming off cold turkey while trying to transition on to new medication and uh I mean, you, you got to see some of those results during those times when, when I was coming off, uh, for good, so to speak, but the, uh, the transition from one medication to the next and the, and the way that it was brought about, unfortunately, um, I wasn't functional functioning enough to even be human at that point. I think the, uh, the achievement of my day was just being able to get out of bed and sit on a couch and wait to go to bed because between the anxiety attacks and just be feeling numb um, all on my body and uh, you know, just that. And 
I, I don't know how to explain it, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel hot or cold at all. I couldn't, I, I'd be sitting outside and here it is. What was it like June? So somewhere in the 110 plus range temperatures. Yeah. I can't, I can't feel a thing. I, I just feel like, um, I don't know, in, in, in the air conditioned house and, you know, it's, it's a really weird world to, to think of that this medication would do that to you. And while I could see the, the positive for a short, short term, you know, it was, it was great initially thinking, you know, this is the, uh, this is what I needed. Um, this is the answer to my prayer, so to speak, because I'm not going to lie. The, the first medication, like I said, it was doing its job just up until the point that it wasn't. And looking back in hindsight, that's basically what it, you know, when you think about it, that's what addiction is. It, you feel good. You feel great until you don't. And then you chase more. Yep. And you chase more. And this, the only difference between this and a, I guess a full on drug addict is I was getting this pushed on me by a doctor. So um, that that's basically my story. That was my 2021, unfortunately. So for, you know, the listeners out there, they're, they're, they're going to ask this question. They're going to ask me. And if I don't ask it, I'm not going to be able to tell them. Um, in your experience in the army, what is it? And you don't have to go into any major detail if you don't want to, you, you, for fear you might, might throw yourself into, you know, remembering too much bullshit. But what was it that, that initially caused your PTSD? Um, so for me in the synopsis, it was an event that led to my decision, um, you know, costing someone else their life. Not, okay. Not that. Yeah. You don't have to go any further, any, any deeper than that. I'm quite sure that, that, that'll, that in itself will explain you know any questions that anybody may have any questions that anybody that anybody may have when we were talking off the air about about being brain fried i'm exactly there now so yeah <laughs> i i mean i you know i i've had to remind myself that that it's all a recovery process but i never feel like i'm 100% cognitively there. I mean, I can say big words, make big sentences like that, but you know, you could be talking to me right now and it's just in one ear out the other. And that's just the sad truth is I can't keep my train of thought for any extended period of time right now, unfortunately. Well, buddy, it does get, it, it does get better. You know, I, I, I've told you that that night I talked to you, I told you on the phone, you know, it, it will get better. It's, it's going to take quite some time, but it does get better. You know, I think, yeah, thankfully it's not as bad as it was, you know, back then, um, um, functioning, you know, not a hundred percent like I wish I could be, but you know, every, every day I just got to remind myself that getting up and getting going is, doing something rather than where I was at, you know, right. last, well, not even last summer. It was what 
August, September, yeah. somewhere yeah. in that area. So not too terribly long ago. Yeah. I mean, you went from, you know, a state of basically a shut in to, you know, I've seen, I've seen your posts on Facebook lately, you know, uh, what were you playing paintball? I mean, that's, yeah, that's a big damn step. So just, just taking it little by little and trying to keep myself busy so I don't have to sit here and think about how, you know, all the shit from last year and, you know, I can't, I can't blame it all on the medicine, but, you know, I was just so out of character because of that, I think. And I like to think that I'm pretty damn well in control of myself. It was just to a point where because of that, I, I just could not, uh, control my, my, you know, my state of mind or my emotions, if you will. And, you know, granted nothing ever came from that, you know, obviously no harm was done to myself or, or anyone else. The, the, the idea or the concept that, that those, uh, thoughts were present was was pretty damn scary you know and i i think that's my my warning to all those out there is that you've got to weigh the good against the bad and you've got to ask yourself if you're willing to take that risk that's right now you know for, for, for those listening that don't understand and and they've probably seen it all over facebook all over you know uh, uh instagram all over the internet 21 a day what 21 a day means is there are 21 veterans a day who take their lives because they think it's the only way out and they think it's the only way out because it's not that they think that there's no one there for them 90 percent of them who try to go through the v and i'm not knocking the va but in certain instances 90 percent of them that try to go through the va to get help or outside the va to get help crap that, that was a medicine alarm going off. Um, they don't get the help. Right. And then the only recourse to that is they take their lives. The night that I talked to you, when, when I got off the phone with you and I, and I knew that you were going to be okay, that was the most, that was the weirdest feeling. I mean, the weirdest feeling because uh, two weeks prior, I got a phone call and I didn't recognize the number and I didn't recognize the voice on the other end until she told me who she was. And she, she was the wife of my Lieutenant. And she started the minute I said, hello, she said, "Will," and I said, yes. And she broke down crying and I knew something was wrong. And then when she, you know, composed herself, she told me what happened. That you know, she, she, that she walked into the walked into the bedroom, and they had a they. Well, she still lives in the house. They had a nice house. I mean, a really nice house. Walk-in closets and stuff. She said she'd been trying to find Chuck for like two hours because he said he was gonna go, you know, go take a shower, change clothes, and they were gonna go out to eat. And when she walked into their walk-in closet, she found him in, in the back of the closet, hanging from the rafter. And it happens. It it really does. Now I'm, you know, I've got PTSD bad and 
I normally won't admit to it. Somebody will say, oh, well, you know, it's PTSD. I don't have PTSD. You know, I, I was tested as I was exiting. They didn't say anything about it. But I'm going to be honest, I do. And my wife will even tell you, she will tell you flat out. She has seen, you know, me go through moods. And, you know, she'll be the first one to say, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got PTSD. He's got it bad. But, you know, but, but I also have anxiety, you know, real bad anxiety and real bad depression. And those two energies should not be in the same sentence as PTSD. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, it's not until you start doing the research and figure out how all this stuff works together and how symptoms present. I mean, if I wouldn't have had this issue last year, I would have gone, okay, well, I got it. That ain't going to stop me. I'm, you know, I'm not that I'm invincible, but I got, you know, I've got that arrogance. I've got that ego that says I got this shit. It's not going to take, it's not going to take me down. And that mentality got me through for over a decade. And it was, I'm not going to say a bad decision, but it was, it was definitely a decision to try and start getting better and healing or whatever have you um, and going to the counselor and all that other crap. And I thought I was on the right path, but just, you know, no, I'm going to call it a moment of weakness. I said, well, let's give these pills a try or these pills, I'm sorry, and, and see what it does for me. And let me see if this is the answer that I'm looking for, because let's be honest, who wants to do the hard work, right? right. If it, if we can just make it go away by popping a pill every couple hours, everyone's going to take that route. And, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was hearing these negatives that what it was doing to me that I even thought about it. I was like, well, shit, this shit's working. And yeah, well, it's, we need to raise it because, you know, I ain't no skinny guy. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, maybe they just gotta, they gotta find the right, the right dosage for, for all the, the heft I'm carrying, so <clears throat> to speak. So, yeah, you know, I'm not thinking anything of it and coming off of it. Like I said, the, first day or two i'm thinking i they told me they're non-addictive i don't got any kind of headache or anything and um hell even when when i had my first full-on anxiety attack you know huddled up on the floor i didn't even think that was um from the medication or coming off the medication with you know withdrawals weren't even in my mind because i'm still under that mindset that this shit's non-addictive and like I said, I'm lucky to have a couple nurse buddies. So I gave her a call and she's like, you realize this is, this is withdrawal. They're going to, the, you know, the, the doctors are going to call it. Um, I think that it was discontinuation syndrome. And I'm like, okay, what, what's the difference? Just the wording, you know, I guess for liability's sake, that's just different yeah. set of wording. And um. I know I just circled around and talk on my same topic. I was just talking about no uh, the uh, so if I remember correctly, we're talking about you know the twenty one a day and um, 
that was more prevalent when I was younger, you know, getting the call that I'd lost another one of my, my army buddies and, or they ended up doing this and this is where they're at now. And, you know, as much as I, as much as I love every single one of them, I just started withdrawing. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't think about these people that I've been through so much shit with are gone. And I still don't like to think about it like that. I just, I'd rather not think about it. I'd rather just bury myself in something to keep myself occupied or preoccupied to not think about it. And I, I cut ties with a lot of people over the years because I couldn't handle their shit on top of my shit. And, and that, that kind of makes the thing, you know, everything worse because you sit there and you go, what could I have done? Could I have been there more? Could I have said something that might've changed the outcome and that whole blame game will, you know, it'll, it'll kill you, it'll eat you alive. And yep. I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So like I said, I, I withdrew and when people would try to contact me, you know, I just wouldn't answer or turn my phone off or I'd get rid of any kind of social media for a while. And just, I needed to be on my own. I needed to be okay with me and right. You know, going through the whole counseling and therapy, um, I'm going to call it charade. Uh, you know, I would try different things. And, and one of them was, you know, getting back out there, becoming more social. And, you know, there's just been situations where it's bit me in the ass to the point where I go, why do I even try with people anymore? And, you know, now I can, that's why I call it a charade because I was, uh, you know, in my head, I'm thinking I'm, I'm doing everything right and I'm checking it off the list. Um, you know, I'm, I'm halfway there. I'm going to be cured and perfect and normal quote unquote by the end of this list. And, you know, it's just not fucking linear. They don't, I mean, maybe, maybe it's the way it was approached to me, but I thought, you know, you overcome this hurdle and that hurdle and, it's going to, it's going to be an uphill battle, but once you, once you get it done, you're, you're done, you know, you're good. And they just don't warn you that it's a day to day that you could have a really great day followed by a really shitty day followed by a really shitty week. But then you got, you know, those three good days after that. And it's just been a lot of um, self-learning, so to speak on that end. And uh and I think that's <laughs> that's what the whole uh, outcome of, of the uh, of the therapy of the counseling is supposed yeah. to be is to not so much give you hopes and dreams that life's going to be perfect after that, but it's the um, the training, so to speak, to be able to handle the the up and down bullshit and anything that comes along with it. And, you know, I, 
I think like, like we said earlier, like you said earlier, I'm doing a lot better than when I, when I called you that night and you know exactly what happened that night and yep. me reaching out to everybody and just being um, kind of left out there high and dry with, with nothing, but you know, as much as people will think, well, that's terrible. Why weren't you there for your friend? I, I got to take responsibility. I just told you, I cut people out of my life. You know, I, I made that decision and I can't hold anybody accountable for that because that was my decision. That's what I needed to do. And it came around and bit me in the ass because when I needed people, they weren't there for me. So that's what I've been working on the best I can. And I'm not going to say that, that I'm in a great position right now, but you know, like, God damn it. I'm fucking working on it. Right. And sorry if it's taken a, a somber <laughs> kind of stern, you know, Nope. You don't have anything to be sorry about, but in, in the same breath, when you say that, you know, you, you basically brought it on yourself, you know, by cutting people out of your life at, you know, in the same breath, no, not really because real friends, no matter whether you're bit, you've been cut out of somebody's life or not, you still stick by their side. I mean, hell, I hadn't, you know, talked to you through messenger or boy or any kind of voice chat program or anything you know, in, in like what, three or four years. Yeah, so, you know, but I, you know, I, I've seen you that, well, what, I didn't see you. I've seen that you were having issues and, you know, and, and I knew what was going on that night. And I was like, oh, hell no, this ain't happening. <laughs> I don't really care, you know. You yeah. call me or the cops are going to show up on your door. Those are your choices. Well, you know, I don't think anyone's uh, programmed to deal with that. And, you know, I think I shared with you that night that yeah, that's how I lost my cousin was to uh, his was to opioids, though. So his was uh, what do you call it? Uh, the hydrocodone pills. Yeah. But, you know, going through what I went through, I found out that, you know, he actually had the option to go to rehab. Somebody was willing to pay for it. He was just too afraid uh, to go through with it. And uh, I don't blame him going through what I went through. And this is with, like I said, this is with a, a tranquilizer and, um, antidepressants and whatnot i can't imagine what an opioid would be like but i just like i said i couldn't function and so now i can't blame him you know unfortunately it cost him his life and i can understand why now well i can't tell you what you know popping pills like uh, hydrocodone would be like but i can tell you for you know a dead set fact what hard drugs can do to a person uh when I was, you know, to the point that I didn't think that there was, you know, an answer or help or anything, I actually turned to, you know, I, I turned to speed at first because I didn't want to go to sleep because when I close my eyes and even now to this day, when I close my eyes, uh, the, the, the word you were looking for earlier was night terrors. Right. When I close my eyes, even just to take a nap, I start reliving shit. And for anybody out there that's listening that has never been in, you know, never been in the military, never been in, you know, a real bad situation for, you know, anything that would cause trauma um, and PTSD 
for, you know, to, to break this misnomer. Now, it's not just a military thing. Anytime you have experienced hellacious trauma, you're going to end up with PTSD. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's exactly what it is. It's post-traumatic stress. It's post-trauma. But, um, you know, w- when I hit that point, you know, I turned to hard shit. I started out with speed because I didn't want to go to sleep. I was trying to keep myself awake. And I was awake for, you know, days on end. And then I went from there. Okay, so smoking pot, that's not really, you know, a hard drug. But then again, pot is actually, I mean, where it should be legalized in certain situations, it is a gateway to harder shit because once your body gets used to it and you can literally just, you know, smoke like a freight train all day long and it's not doing anything else, you, you want to try to find something else that'll, you know, numb the feeling. And I actually turned to Coke and that was the worst choice I could, I could have ever made because between the injuries that I sustained and some dumb shit that I did when I was, when I was younger, riding dirt bikes and whatnot. But then the Coke, the Coke will actually destroy your nerves. Now, and my hands are pretty much gone now to, to the point to where my fingers will actually lock up in, into a, you know, a straight, you know, like my fingers are straight out and they'll cramp and I can't bend them. And that's nerve damage from all the cocaine. It will destroy everything in your body. It's not worth it. Yep. I'm, I'm lucky. Like I said, I never had that issue. Mine was just drinking, but you know, I was, <laughs> I guess I try and rationalize that is, you know, I was 18 coming back. So it was, it wasn't alcoholism. It was, I'm living life and, you know, I'm that life. I, I didn't think I was going to have at that point or whatever, just a typical, you know, growing up, it's your, your teenage angst, your college angst, whatever the hell you want to call it. And, right. you know, I, I grew out of that, so to speak. I still kind of hit my, hit my moments where I'm drinking more than I should. I ain't going to lie, but I mean, it ain't to the point where I can't live without, without a beer or something to drink or something like that. So, you know, I've got to, I've got to count my blessings rather than, rather than uh, bust my balls about, well, you know, you did this, so you're a terrible person or, you know, you, you turn to this because you were feeling this way and that ain't the right way to go about it. But who the fuck's to say what the right way and the wrong way is, so long as the end result is, uh, you know, positive and shit. If we, if you would have asked me that same fucking, or not asked me a question, but you wouldn't have gotten that same answer out of me back yeah. in August, September. I would have said, "Fuck it, it ain't, shit ain't worth it. There ain't no fucking reason to keep moving on. It's over," you know, and. That might sound dramatic or whatever have you, but that was just the mindset then. And like I said, it's not like it's 100% gone. There's still moments where it's like, damn, I don't want to do any more of this shit. It's too fucking hard and whatever. And it's, it's just that it's a, it's a, it's a moment. It's 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, out of my day and i'm just like okay well okay i felt that time to move the fuck on right you know there's there's shit to be done and 
I, I don't know, people say I'm strong because I think like that or, or something to that effect. And I'm going, I, I don't see any other way about doing it because the only other way to get through it's in a coffin, you know, so I can't just sit here and say, um, you know, what was me? I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, you know, fucking take care of me. But that, that's, I guess, just my pride or my ego saying that, you know, I got to, I got to get shit done. And, and if I don't get it done, then ain't nobody going to get it done. And, it, you know, so right. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, It's, believe me if you go back and listen to some of the episodes but like uh me and josh did you know we go all the way around but we end up right back where we need to be but anyway so now you, you said that you know you, you may drink a little bit more than you should but here's the question do you wake up every morning do you go to work do you take care of what needs to be done do you keep your house clean and yeah that's you're functioning that's functioning but there you know there's always that whole functioning alcoholic stigma you know and i had i mean i hadn't had a beer now in about three months and it's not to where i used to be where it was well i'm gonna kill i'm a 12 pack i'm gonna kill an 18 pack on my own in, in a sitting you know and yeah but being a functioning the, alcoholic you have to actually physically drink every day you know, to, to be considered an alcoholic. I mean, yeah, you, at one point in time, you may have been an alcoholic, but now three months later. And right. Right. So, right. like I said, I ain't, I ain't really touched it. And it's just, I don't know that that's everything's a stigma in the back of my head. I don't want to be labeled this or labeled that. And I'm just fucking me. I got some shit going on, but God damn it. I'm taking care of it best mm -hmm. I can. They don't worry about labels. Labels don't apply to where, you know, people in your situation or my situation are concerned. You know, you're just fucking Mike and I'm just Will. It's just, that's just it. There, you know, you, other people can try to label me or label you or label anybody else, but that's just it. It's just a label. It's words. It don't mean shit. I mean, yeah, there are, there is stigma that's attached to it and it can make you feel certain ways, but at the same time, you know, you're just Mike, dude. You know, yeah, and I have to remind myself of that because I don't know why it still matters to me. You know, I guess that's every every single person though that nobody wants to be seen or labeled as something they don't feel that they are, or they don't want to be seen in a light that they don't um, view themselves as. So, I mean the drink and like i said i ain't a, i ain't ashamed to say that i did it am, am i am i ashamed of it no am i do i regret it no because there's a lot of valuable lessons to be taught that you can only be taught in situations like that right i think that that's that was all a good thing. And I'm glad that, I mean, I never, like I said, I didn't take it no further than that, but. Um, 
I keep wanting to say I should have seen this coming, you know, circling to the medication part, but then, you know, it's not one of those things that you even think of because here's a doctor telling you it's okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, well, I guess that's another, <laughs> I guess, episode <laughs> there is the, uh, the prescription uh, medication pandemic yeah. in the use in the States. So, <laughs> Well, here's how you're going to be seen and viewed by my listeners. Okay. You're going to be seen and viewed as somebody who put themselves out there to try to explain what happened and, you know, how you got, how you got over it and are still getting over it to this day. And other people who are, who are in the situation that you were in back in August, they're going to take this to heart and it, it may help. 10, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 people, or it may, or it may not help anybody, but I have a feeling it's going to help a lot of people because a lot of people are sitting back going, you know, I'm alone in this. Nobody else is going through the same thing, but here you are. And, you know, you just put yourself out there on the air. Well, it's actually on a recording. It'll be on the air soon. And it's going to help a lot of people. It really will. I mean, I, I could sit and I could talk about, you know, the things that I went through and, and everything all day long, but it doesn't make an impact unless it's somebody else talking about it. Right. Right. I mean, that's the thing is anyone with it is always going to feel like they're alone in it because it's all it's it's personal. It's all your shit. It's all you're the shit you're dealing with, what you're going through. And each individual is a different reality right if that makes any kind of sense so the best bet is just to say that there you know you might be going through something and somebody might not be able to understand 100 but there are fucking people that are out there that understand enough to know that you may need something or something out there will help right and you know, as going on to that uh, t- that topic that you you brought up there is helping people, and as shitty as I feel sometimes, I found that you know being that that person to offer advice from firsthand experience helps me. It makes me feel better about me that I I I'm gonna. Go, I don't know. I don't want to use the fucking phrase, but I'm going to use it. I survived it. And I want to give people the tools to understand themselves well enough to fight their, their fight for them to survive their fucking demons too. Right. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and, and uh, talking about what we've talked about. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm quite sure that it will help somebody, somebody out there. If not within the first couple of weeks, within the first month, maybe in the next six months, but somebody's going to hear it and they're going to rethink, you know, their entire situation, you know, that they're not alone and people you're not alone because you can contact me through Facebook. You can contact me through the website. Um, I'll talk to you. If you want my phone number, just ask, I'll give it to you. You can call me anytime, day or night. It doesn't matter. It could be five o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. I don't really give a shit. Call me. I'll answer it. If you really need somebody to talk to. And uh, if you need uh, like 
the uh, crisis line, the crisis lines, or the crisis veterans lines, or anything like that. And if you don't want to talk to anybody, the the uh, crisis uh, lines that the U.S. has actually has a text number now, <coughs> and I'll include it at the beginning of the podcast once this goes live. So you know, there's there's help out there. There's people who will who will actually listen. Like I said, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and and uh, talking with us. And if you want to come back for another episode, you know, for you know, the prescriptions and whatnot, we'd be uh, more than welcome to have you. Hi, but thank you so much, and you have yourself a good night. Yes, sir. You too. Find us on the web at www.investigation-cryptoparaology. That's c r y p t o p a r a o l o g y dot com on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash investigation crypto. Listen to us on any major podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course, Spotify. We continue to spread to more podcast players each day. You may contact us by using the contact page on the website or by sending a direct message to our Facebook page or by emailing us directly at investigationcryptoparaology at gmail.com. That is investigation, C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-A-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com. Also, I would like to add this. If you're feeling down on yourself or like you don't matter or there's no hope left, we're here for you. You can contact us through our Facebook page or by emailing us at investigationcryptoparaology at gmail.com. We are happy to listen and possibly help you find a better tomorrow. If you don't want to talk to us, you can contact the Suicide Hotline of the United States. They have a crisis text line if you verbally speaking to someone is not your thing. Text HOME, all capital letters, H-O-M-E, to 741741. If you, don't, if you do want to verbally speak to someone, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And if you are a veteran, you can also call 1-800-273-8255 and then press 1. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. I sincerely hope you will join us again next time for another spine-tingling, hair-raising experience from the depths of the abyss. If you would like to contact me about an experience you have had or to get on the show, email me at investigationcryptoparaology at gmail.com. That's investigation, C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-A-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com.